This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Tuesday, September 14th. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who wants to enjoy an extended and very public rivalry celebration on a Tuesday, Jason Shepard. I don't believe I'm the only one either. I think everybody would like to extend that celebration. Let it out on national TV, Jason. Look, see, you had an opportunity and Jerem had an opportunity yesterday to kind of bask in it a couple of days later. And so this is my first time back since the... I'm just going to simply call it the weekend. Yes. Uh, no, no, you know, certainly apologies to the weekend, okay. but I'm calling it the weekend. Okay. No, that's no problem. He took out an E in his name as an artist. Okay. You know? Okay. So it's W E E K N D for his name. So from now on, when we refer to the weekend, I think you're going to know what we're talking about. Absolutely. It was unbelievable. The Big 12 invite on a Friday. And then, you know, a little more than 24 hours later, BYU beats Utah uh-huh. soundly. Like, controlled the game. Never trailed. It was, it was unbelievable. The weekend, and, and I, I tweeted this out yesterday. Even just yesterday around campus and, you know, some, just talking to people, the buzz on campus and around BYU fans right now is amazing. There is so much positivity. There is so much energy with what's going on with, with the Big 12 and becoming a P5 program and then beating Utah and looking the way that they did, it is an amazing time right now to be a BYU fan. What does one Jason Shepard do when he celebrates a rivalry win for BYU over <laughs> Utah after a 12-year hiatus in that regard? Well, if, if I'm being honest, I was in the broadcast booth. Uh-huh. Uh, we all jumped up and did a couple of pumps, uh, uh-huh. fist pumps, uh-huh. you know. Uh-huh. Yep. And uh, so there was that. But then I had to go on the air, so I was on the air on radio uh, for a little bit. Okay. And just enjoyed it. I just had this vision of you going to the gym at like 3 a.m., <laughs> Pumping some serious iron because you're so ramped up. Well, uh, it was very difficult to go to sleep that night. There, uh, the energy was legit, and uh, I did see I did see you and Jerem at three thirty in the morning. That was not my idea. <laughs> Showing some barbecue. I was so a, I was asleep by then, but it did take oh. me a while to go to sleep. Yes. No barbecue on today's show lineup, but we do include this question: How has BYU's two and zero start? Changed your expectations for the remainder of the season. Nine wins, 10 plus wins. What do you think? National champion quarterback and dual threat analyst Blaine Fowler will join us live to discuss his now altered perspective. Plus, we call a football timeout of sorts to reveal the full BYU men's basketball schedule with Nick Robinson. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. The 23rd-ranked Cougars hosting 19th-ranked Arizona State at Lavelle Edwards Stadium coming up on Saturday night, a matchup of two top 25 teams. Both teams coming in with a record of 2-0. and Center James Empey says he's looking to build off of their offensive play after that big win over Utah. Watching, watching the film and, and watching... You know, the, just the offense play and how hard the running backs were running and, and the decisions Jaron was making and, you know, the plays the receivers were making. I'm just really proud of 
how he came out, and you know, I, like I think it's a huge step for us as an offense um, this year, and and uh, hopefully we can you know build on it going forward. James, I think I speak for all of BYU Sports Nation when I say we are all proud of the way that you played in that one. Kickoff on Saturday against ASU is at 10, 15 p.m. Eastern time. Countdown to kickoff, 9 Eastern on BYU TV. Radio pregame getting started at 8 8 Eastern. Yes, sorry. I cut you off. Well, I stumbled. I I stumbled. It's fine. The guy that James Empey snaps the ball to every offensive play, BYU sophomore quarterback Jaron Hall, named to Davey O'Brien's Grade 8 list after his performance against Utah Hall was also named to the midseason watch list for the Davey O'Brien Award given annually to the nation's top quarterback. Through two games, Jaron Hall has accounted for five total touchdowns and perhaps, no, in fact, it is more important, zero turnovers. How about that? Nothing wrong with that. And nothing wrong with the performance of Tyson Williams last night, picking up his first career NFL start for the Ravens, scoring his first career touchdown uh, as the Ravens go into Las Vegas. And Vegas gets the win on Monday Night Football. If you did not see that game, that was an unbelievable game. Some crazy stuff back and forth. As soon as you thought it was a guarantee that one team was going to win, the other team got something. Oh, well, now they're going to win. It's just one of those games. The former Cougars scored on a 35-yard run up the middle on fourth and one. Baltimore will be back at home on Sunday night hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. Ben Bagley used his full measure of the BYU Sports Nation <laughs> karma that he obtained in our commercial and gave it to the Raiders last night. It was a crazy game. It really was. John Gruden said, Man, I feel like I died once and then came back to life, and then I died again. I had all sorts of lives, man. But I'm proud of the guys. We won the game. That's a pretty good Gruden. I'm not going to lie. BYU women's golf standout, Leela Naliai, is in second place currently. One shot behind, 10 under par overall in the Dick McGuire Invitational. Yesterday, she made a hole-in-one, Jason, in a tournament. The pressure on. Par 3, 11th, 132 yards away, spun it back into the cup. Tournament play continues today. BYU as a team is in fourth place. Good luck to all the ladies. You ever hit a hole-in-one? No, I have been like an inch and a half away, but I've never scored a hole-in-one in golf. Okay. Women's volleyball dropped from 12 to 15 in the latest coaches poll after the Cougars lost at Pitt on Friday. BYU sits at 8-1 and one overall as they prepare to host 10th-ranked Utah Thursday night at 9 Eastern on BYU TV. That match is going to be crazy. It's the week of ranked matchups, yes, isn't it, is. it? Football and women's volleyball. I love it. Former BYU women's volleyball star Ronnie Jones-Perry helping Team USA to a victory against Mexico three sets to one. In the Women's Pan Am Cup, Ronnie scored a match high of 27 points. Women's soccer moved up from 20th to 18th in the latest top drawer soccer poll. Now, the coaches poll is expected to be released later on today. BYU's next game is Thursday on the BYU TV app against Idaho State at 9 Eastern. Let's see, Jason. How many ranked teams on campus right now? All of them. Number 23, BYU football. Yep. Number 18, BYU women's soccer. Women's volleyball. volleyball is ranked. Women's cross, cross country. country yep. Men's cross country is ranked. It's a good time. BYU just doing their thing. Just ranked. Big 12 power. BYU, Jason. That's right. Don't you forget it. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. I present Greater Expectations. Jason, following a 2-0 Power 5 start to the season, 
How have your expectations shifted for BYU football this season? Okay, I am going to pull a little bit of an audible because I came in here today prepared to tell you that expectations had not changed. I had even written down all of my little notes that I wanted to reference. Okay. And my notes were, were, were things such as, well, you know, let's see what happens against Arizona State. You know, let's see if, if you can build off of that. And one game is just one game. You don't want to get too high or too low based off of one game. You're starting to sound like an athlete and a coach. However... I've talked myself into believing that expectation maybe should change. Okay. And it's not just because BYU beat Utah. That is certainly part of it. Because, look, if, if everybody is being completely honest, BYU is a game ahead of where most everybody thought they would be after two games. Okay. Most people expected BYU to be one and one. After the first two games. Well, the nation certainly expected yes. BYU to lose Look, to Utah. BYU was not favored in that game. You've lost nine in a row. I get it. Home dog by seven points. So the fact that you are 2-0 and o means you're ahead of the pace that most thought. Now, that doesn't mean that's what the, the team thought. But so that right there alone says, okay, well, maybe you need to expand expectations. Or, But the, the thing that really got me was the more I thought about the performance against Utah, if that type of performance is possible out of this team, and we knew this team was going to be good, but if they have the ability to be that good against a a team that historically has been so dominant on the lines, look, and you can make you can make an argument that maybe Utah just isn't as good as people thought. I I you we know what type of talent is at the University of Utah. We've heard all yes. about the talent gap for the last decade. And so to see what BYU did in that game, I think gives people reason to say, yeah, maybe maybe we do need to, to reevaluate those expectations. Maybe, maybe this team is better than what we thought. I've been stuck on nine wins for probably six months now. Go back to spring football, and I thought, okay, BYU's going to get to a bowl game. Maybe they go 8-4 and four in the regular season. If it's the Independence Bowl in Shreveport, Louisiana, I like the matchup because of the conference that BYU would be playing. I'm going to give the Cougars a 9-4 and four mark. Well, when BYU beat Utah, that number shifted into double figures. Okay, I, I think at worst now, because of what is remaining on the schedule, and did BYU just beat the toughest opponent they have on the schedule? Hard to know. Because we got to see what Utah does to bounce back against a surprisingly good San Diego State team, and then they get into Pac-12 play. But, Jason, what's left on the schedule? Because going into the season, we all thought that Utah was probably the toughest game on the schedule, if not USC, to close out the season. Right. USC just fired their head coach yesterday. What's going on with that program? They got rolled by a mediocre Stanford team at home. Goodbye, Clay Helton. So what is USC? What's the scariest game left on this schedule? It very well may be Arizona State. Is it, it, it may be Arizona State or Virginia. Those are the two that may turn out to be the games that you look at as the toughest, which is not what we thought going in. Okay. Arizona State, hard to know what the Sun Devils bring in because they've knocked off juggernauts, Jason, Southern Utah, and UNLV at home. What in the world is Arizona State? Herm Edwards is a really good football coach. They've had some turmoil around their program. They're coming to Provo. 
they're walking into a hive of crazed and perhaps raised expectations for the entire fan base. Can the energy from the crowd even be 75% of what it was against Utah? Because if so, Arizona State's in trouble against BYU. Well, and Herm even referenced that. And I understand that a lot of times that's coach speak. That, oh, we have to be ready for the environment. It's a great place to... But Herm, yesterday there were you know people tweeting out the quotes talking about how like Arizona State's going to have to play well because they're coming into an environment that is unique in college football. He referenced how guys are going to have to be ready for what they're going to face, not just on the field, but in terms of the environment and how crazy it's going to be. Arizona State, to me, is the same team every year for the last 30 years. Super athletic, a ton of speed on the outside. They should have no problem scoring points, but they underachieve, Jason. They've won one Pac-12 championship in the last 25 years. You got to go back to Jake the Snake Plumber in 96. And the reason I remember that so well is because Arizona State was the team just ahead of BYU in that final poll, number four. They went to the Rose Bowl. What has Arizona State done since 1996? They have been ranked consistently to start the season and have finished nowhere near the top 25 in the majority of those seasons. So until Arizona State does something that they haven't done in the past 25 years, why, why be so concerned that, oh, I don't know, I don't know if BYU can match up with their speed and their athleticism and their talent, Jason. It just doesn't look good on paper. I'm not buying it. They're coming to Provo. If this game was in Tempe, I might feel a little bit differently. But I am buying that BYU feels like they can start the season 3-0. and yes. And I know what – listen, listen. Our stat of the day is wild. Starting 3-0 and for back-to-back seasons, let's go to our stat of the day. Nation's stat of the day. 3-0 and starts in back-to-back seasons, Jason, have not happened for BYU football since 1951 and 1952. Okay? How about that? That's quite a long time the ago. The Cougars are on the verge of doing something that hasn't been accomplished in 70 years. It never happened in the Lavelle Edwards era. Which is really crazy when you think about it. BYU hasn't started back-to-back seasons 3-0 and in 70 years? That, that honestly is, is really surprising. Beat Arizona State. Not only are you the overwhelming Pac-12 South leaders at 3-0, and but you're probably a top 15 team. I'd be shocked if BYU didn't get into the top 15 at a 3-0 and start after knocking off Utah and Arizona State in back-to-back weeks. But Jason, I, I just, I know Arizona State is talented. They have they have always been loaded with talent and speed and athleticism. Last time they came to Provo, they were supposed to win. They were ranked. They had speed, athleticism. Oh, they're going to run all over BYU. They lost by 20, 26 to 6. Guess who was playing in that game? Kalani Satake. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm not sleeping on Arizona State. I, I understand they haven't played anybody, but what I've seen, they look they look good. How do you not look good yes, against I, Southern Utah I, I and UNLV? It. I 100% agree. I'm not sleeping on them, but I also expect BYU to win this game. That, that's not in question in my mind. Okay. I think BYU should absolutely win this game. So if we're talking greater expectations, you expect BYU to win this game and go 3-0. and Why would you not at that point expect BYU to win 
at least 10 games this season. Yeah, well, look, I had them. We all had the same end result in terms of, of record. All you, me, and Jerem all had BYU ending the year at nine and four. So obviously, if if everything else stayed the same, BYU, like I said a few minutes ago, is is a game ahead of the pace that most people thought that they would be at after two games. So it just based on that alone, that expectation should now move up to ten wins. At Cougar Stats adds over the last fifty seasons, BYU has started the season two and zero nineteen times. They finished those seasons with an average record of 9.7 wins and 3.1 losses. So basically 10-3 and three when you start 2-0. and oh. I think my expectation level of looking at BYU and thinking they're going to win 10 games, and I know they got a ton of Power Fives left, but wh- wh- who, who are those Power Fives? Where do they happen? When do they happen? Why would I not think at this point that BYU is capable of winning double-digit games coming off of wins over Arizona and Utah. Saturday is a pretty big game to prove that you can come off that big win over Utah and not have a letdown. The no celebration yes. hangover. Yeah, that I, this, honestly, this is a this is a really really big game for BYU. And again, I believe that they'll win the game, but th- this is this is going to be one of those games that that will really tell us a lot about BYU. I think it really will. If BYU starts 3-0, they've done that 10 times, they average a record of 10.1 and 2.5. It's easy to see where this trend is going if BYU continues to win. And not just that, start 3-0 and against Power 5 teams. Yeah. We were hoping the Cougars would go 4-3 and overall in their seven Power 5s. You beat Arizona State, you're 3-0. and And you're leading the Pac-12 South as a and member you're a of top the Big 15 12. team. Yes, how about that? Our question of the day. Following BYU's 2-0 and season, or sorry, 2-0 and start to the season, how have your expectations shifted for BYU football this season. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At BF Webster on Twitter answers, my expectations dropped a bit after Arizona, but the very impressive win against Utah restored and then raised them. I expect no more than two regular season losses, and with the turmoil at USC, I don't consider an undefeated season impossible. I'm not willing to go that far. (laughs) An undefeated season has happened one time in 1984. That's a lot. And BYU certainly didn't play seven power fives in 1984. So I'm cool with, uh, you know, people saying, hey, maybe BYU goes 10 and 2. Great. Yeah, I'm on board for that. That, that, That's high end, but an undefeated season. Are you ready to go there mentally, Jason? uh, You can't go there. You You can't. can't. You can't go there yet. You you have to just let the season play out and then see if that's something that's realistic. All right, coming up, should we be concerned about Zach Wilson's safety? And BYU basketball assistant coach Nick Robinson will join us later in the program to reveal the BYU basketball non-conference schedule. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday features a matchup between two top 15 teams. It's 15th-ranked BYU women's volleyball hosts 10th-ranked Utah in a rivalry match at the Smith Fieldhouse. You can watch live on BYU TV, 9 Eastern time, or on the BYU TV app. That is going to be a fun one. Legendary Smith Fieldhouse going to be rocking 
for that top 15 showdown. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside the fabulous and currently celebratory Jason Shepard. Humor me, if you will, for a minute, Shep. Please. Because I don't often get to introduce people like (laughs) the in-house PA does at the Marriott Center or Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Okay. I'd like to take that opportunity right now to introduce our first guest. Are you going to go full PA voice here? I'm going to do my best. okay? Okay. Bring it on. I'm excited about this. Here we go. And now, joining us out of Liberty, Missouri, a star at Stanford. He is the king of the running 40-foot buzzer beater. Six foot six assistant coach now repping the BYU Cougars, Nick Robinson. Woo! There we go. You feeling pumped up, bro? Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. You had a better introduction than that. That was fantastic. <laughs> really, really good. All right. Yeah, baby. <laughs> now listen, we need the energy high because we're revealing the entirety of the BYU basketball non-conference schedule today. We've been waiting for this. This is exciting. Okay, so before we get into the uh, individual games, what's your overall sense of this non-conference schedule? We are really excited about this non-conference schedule. Um, to have right the NCAA tournament teams on the non-conference schedule. Yes. Four, four out of our first five games are versus NCAA tournament teams. Uh, to have ten uh, quad one and quad two yes. uh, teams on the schedule uh, projected uh, it's really, really exciting for our guys. Okay, you just said uh, quite the same thing. Four of the first five games against NCAA tournament teams. Um, I know this is very exciting, but it's also challenging. Um, how do you ha- how do you handle that as a as a staff when you're trying to put together that schedule? Well, we got a taste of the NCAA tournament, right? And we want to be even more prepared, right, for it headed into this next season. So it is a challenge. Uh, but Coach Pope loves challenges. Yes. So here we go. Okay. You ready to yeah. do this? Let's we're going to hand it over to you. You are oh. going to make these announcements. I get a shot at this. Absolutely. You, you do right. this. Let's see how this do PA goes. Let's All roll right. it out. All right. Our first game on November 9th in Provo, Utah. Yes. Versus Cleveland State. Okay. Let's go, Cleveland State. On November 12th, right, in Provo, Utah. First two games at home versus San Diego State. Oh, yes, oh, yes. Essex coming to Provo. I love it. Our third game, right, will be in Portland, Oregon on November 16th versus the Ducks of Oregon. Okay. Aztecs and Ducks back-to-back. Back-to-back. Ooh, that's at the Moda Center, right? It is. All right. The uh, venue. On November 20th, right, in Provo, so back at home versus Central Methodist. Right, which leads us into Wednesday, November 24th, versus Texas Southern in Provo, Another Utah. Another NCAA tournament team. Another NCAA tournament team. And then we've got a big rivalry game on Saturday, November 27th, in Salt Lake City at Utah. Woo! Hey, let's keep this there we going. Go. Yes. There we go. Let's yes. keep the yes. winning streak going right? now. Then we're going to stay in Utah, go right down the street. We'll be at Utah Valley on Wednesday, December 1st. Always fun. Then we're going to fly out to Missouri State on Saturday, December 4th. Sneaky program. Very much so. Then we're back in Utah on December 8th in Provo versus Utah State. Love the Aggies. Get some Aggies. Get yes. some Aggies. Uh-huh. Then we're going to go to a Sweet 16 team. Uh, on December 11th, right, we'll be um, playing Creighton, right, at South, or at, in South Dakota on a yes. neutral site. Yes. 
Then we come back to Utah, right? We'll play Weber State at their place on December 18th. Okay. And then we get to go out to Hawaii, December 22nd, December 23rd, December 25th. Life's really good. Christmas Uh, in Hawaii? Yeah, starting off uh, with South Florida and the Diamond Head Classic. And then finally we'll play uh, Westminster right here at home on Wednesday, December 29th, before we get started for the WCC Let's go. Onslaught. Yes, Nick Robinson. Very nice. Very nice. Revealing the entirety of the non-conference schedule. Okay, I have so many questions. That was really exciting. Well done, sir. Thanks. Uh, That's a lot for a starting lineup. It was pretty good. It's okay. Let's go. I love it. Okay, first and foremost, um, I want to go back to the first four, four of the first five. Okay, you go, and specifically back-to-back, San Diego State at home in Provo. Then you go on the road to an NBA venue in Portland. You take on Oregon. What's the biggest challenge of facing two quality opponents like that in different locations? Yeah, no, I think for us, right, I mean, to start out with Cleveland State, right, who's a program on the rise, and then San Diego State, right, where we were basically down to the buzzer last year and the year before, Uh right, it makes for a really, really exciting game. Um, And then to go on the road into an NBA venue to play Oregon, wow. I mean, the, the challenge for us as assistants, clearly in terms of scouting, the challenge for everybody, getting prepared night in and night out. But we really feel like we've got, uh, you know, the guys and the players that are excited, right, about these opportunities. Well, and when you look at the, the in-state games, being able to play four other teams inside the state of Utah, three of the four games are going to be on the road at their gyms. These are always super important games for a multitude of reasons, whether it's recruiting or just you know having the fans be able to see their teams, being able to get all four of those in-state teams and games this year, that's always a big deal. It's a huge deal, and we just saw this past weekend how big of a deal right these in-state games are for all sorts of reasons. Yes. So we're really, really excited to be able to play all four of these teams and to be on the road in those environments um, will be really exciting for our guys. Why do you feel like this team is – shaped and, I guess, formulated to handle the pressure of playing big games on the road? Because you look at the non-conference schedule, the majority of your toughest games are away from Pro Bowl against these teams. Why, why is this team suited mentally to handle that? Yeah, well, I mean, the multitude of guys that we have coming back were, that were really in their first year last year, right, of playing experience at BYU have now been tested, right, on the road, in neutral sites. And so that depth that we've got there is really crucial, right, to us going into these environments and, and doing really well. But then we also have some incredible leadership, mm. right? You know, starting with Alex Barcelo, who's re- returned, right? And now Tijon Lucas, right? I mean, those two guys at the guard's positions have been really, really tested over four years. And now in their super senior year, uh, wow. I mean, the leadership we've seen thus far and to be able to take us on the road as well as into these neutral site games, it's really, really going to be important for us to uh, have success, right, and be really competitive in some pretty awesome environments. Yeah, a talent like Seneca Knight doesn't hurt either. Yeah, Seneca, he's, uh, he's been tested in the Mountain West and had some big games against some of these Mountain West teams. What's so fun about this team is the trajectory that the program is on is up, and fans love that. Fans are excited to see all of, of the, the guys coming in and how excited they are to be in the program and the wins and you know the NCAA tournament berths. 
On the other side of it, though, everybody else in college basketball sees the trajectory that BYU's on. How much harder has it been to get teams to play BYU because the program is the way it is now? Well, I mean, this year, right, the final schedule is completed, you know, today. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that kind of speaks to the challenge, right, of getting uh, teams, one, to come to the Marriott Center, right, to find great quality opponents. Um, but that's okay, right? It's something that we've, uh, you know, really uh, embraced, right, as an entire staff. Uh, you know, Coach Pope, uh, Bobby Ordusky, Brian Santiago, right? We're all in this mix together, right, trying to find great teams. And we're fortunate to have the schedule that we have this year. Listen, as Mark pointed out the other day, the proposals of three-for-ones, you don't have to worry about those anymore <laughs> in a couple of years, right? you got those big 12 teams coming. It's going it's to help scheduling and uh, finding those tier one games a little bit easier because you're going to have so many in conference. Yeah, we're going to have to still propose some of those for the next few years. But, yes. uh, but once uh, right, the Big 12 rolls around, right, a lot of the teams that we've been reaching out to pretty consistently, they're going to be here once a year. Yes. So we're, we're excited for that when that time comes. Uh, but right now, right, the WCC is getting better. Right. We've got Gonzaga, St. Mary's, LMU, San Francisco. Right. You know, and, and the other teams are continually improving and getting better. So we're on notice right this year in the WCC, you know, to have the national runner up. Right. You know, in our league and have to play them twice, um, you know, along with, you know, these other programs that are on the rise. Um, you know, we've got our, our work cut out for us. And the non-conference schedule this year is going to really help us prepare us prepare for that as well how have the mtes changed things in terms of how how much more importance is there put on those say now versus even five ten years ago you know i think the mtes uh continually right are great opportunities for guys to experience different places uh but but clearly right now that you're dealing with uh, you know, the net, right, and the RP high and the quadrant one and the quadrant two and the quadrant three, you know, you're really trying to, you know, provide a little bit more of a resume build, right, in these multi-team events. As maybe five to ten years ago, you were just going to a great destination. Nick Robinson is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Talked a little bit about the scheduling changes that will happen when you get to the Big 12. But, again, as you pointed out, you still have some big goals you want to accomplish within the West Coast Conference. What type of urgency do you feel knowing that the window of West Coast Conference play and the championship, uh, you know, dealing with Gonzaga and St. Mary's, you know, those opportunities are, are dwindling. So what type of urgency does this team feel to get something big like that in the WCC? Yeah, the goal year in and year out is to take the non-conference slate, right, and then propel that into a championship conference run. And clearly, right, Gonzaga, right, has been a nemesis to everybody in the WCC. But to be able to have, right, the leadership that we've got and the experience returning and the depth, right, to be able to challenge in the regular season, right, we're really excited for that opportunity, right? And then to be able to get to, right, kind of that end of February and the conference tournament, right, where it's that first postseason experience, right, every year it's brand new. And, yes, Right, the opportunities are, are dwindling, right, which makes it even more exciting, and the urgency, right, raises uh, to a higher level. We cannot wait to watch this. Yeah, give us a peek behind the curtain. What, what what's practices like right now? How are the guys? 
How are the guys coming along? And I, I have to assume, like you guys as the coaches, players are chomping at the bit to get this thing going. Yeah, we feel like we had a great summer, right? A lot of individual emphasis placed. Uh, we've moved into a lot more small group settings right now. Um, but the time that the guys are putting in uh, on the court as well as in the weight room, uh, into their nutrition, right? Uh, you know, school's gotten off to a solid start. Um, you know, the season is upon us. And, uh, you know, here on September 28th, we have our first practice, right? And as you know, we go into double days, yeah. right, for a few weeks. And so the guys are preparing their bodies and their minds, right, to constantly get better every day, right? And like Coach Pope always says, to be relentless in our pursuit, right, for the championships that we're seeking. Nick, you are a star for coming into the studio and doing this, man. We appreciate you. Well, thank you very much for having me, guys. It's oh. great to be oh, in the studio Here's with you. Here's what I want to know. Has there been any office changes based off of any shooting contests? Anybody <laughs> switching offices? Or, or is everything <laughs> status quo there? Everything has stayed the same. <laughs> same. Everything has stayed the same. We've done some redecorating, but everything has stayed the same. You've got to get over there and see it. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out. Really fun. Let's give you all the BYU Sports Nation karma we can muster up as you begin another season. Great. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you it. Got, you got Thanks. it. Liberty, Liberty Missouri. He's a there stud. There he is. There he is. Going into there the game. There he goes. <laughs> All right, Jason, what's up next? Coming up next, Blaine Fowler will join us. What was the most impressive thing he saw Saturday night? And should BYU football be ranked higher than number 23? Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> this is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. And right now, Kiki taking you back to Lavelle Edwards Stadium to relive the BYU win over Utah. Can't do that enough. Check it out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. He is Jason. I am Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show and get great content throughout the day, you know what to do. Follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Are you on TikTok yet, Jason? I am not. I, um... I'm cool not seeing everybody dance. Okay, but it's not about dancing. No, me. it is. Every TikTok video I've ever seen in my life. Really? All they are doing is lip syncing and dancing. See, for me, it's impressions and comedians. No, I've not gone on the TikTok thing. Fine, get off my lawn, whatever. It's fine. Frank know. Caliendo on TikTok is something you need in your life, Jason. I watch him on Twitter. <laughs> the Cougar whip around. Let's do it. Presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. All right, BYU football, currently ranked 23rd. Uh, Should they be ranked higher, my friend? I think 23 is pretty fair, but I would like to point out, our good friend John Wilner from the San Jose Mercury News had BYU at number 20 in this week's poll. Really? Wilner. Eating some humble pie? BYU at number 20. 20, but that is probably because he's valuing the Pac-12 highly, right? Probably. Yes, yeah, that's probably. Should they be ranked higher than 23rd? Uh, no, I'm actually fine with it. I, I'm perfectly fine with 23rd. Could they? Maybe, but I'm, I'm okay with it. Beat Arizona State and be a top 15 team. Yep, agreed. After being sacked six times, yikes. Are you scared for Zach Wilson's health and safety with the New York Jets? Look, I wasn't going into the season because I, I liked what they did at the offensive line, but I am now. Six sacks. Look. That's your, that's your prize quarterback right there. You, you, you got to fix that up. You need to protect him. And one of his star offensive linemen, Mekhi Becton, is out for apparently a month to six weeks. That's not going to help the cause. Yeah, I, I am worried for Zach that he's going to be able to make it through the entire season if they don't shore some things up. Yeah, they're going to have to. All right, coming up, our top five Tuesday, yes. looking back on the win over Utah. And have Blaine Fowler's expectations gone next level for BYU football. Is he thinking 
more than 10 wins? This is BYU Sports Nation. All the way to 11? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. After further review, reviews the win over Utah. Watch as Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and David Nixon break down the film AFR. Available today on the BYU TV app at 7 Eastern. As with most shows following a Utah win, they're about to have their best ratings. <laughs> Welcome back to it's a BYU shocker. People want to tune in Nation. and watch that, yes. right? Live from Studio B, joining us now to recap part of that Utah win right now before he's on after further review is national champion quarterback, dual threat analyst, superstar Blaine Fowler. Blaine. How was your weekend, man? That was really fun. Like, fr- from top to bottom. Like, even the flyover. Like, like, from the time, well, before the flyover. When, when they opened the gates, so we were in getting ready to go, um, and then the show started, our, our countdown to kickoff show started, and then they opened the gates and the students came in. And when I watched the students sprint into the stadium, run to the seats, and, and people laying down on the seats to save seats for their friends, I'm like... This is on. This is insane. Like this is like you could feel from that moment on the electricity in the stadium just built, and and when it was pouring rain, nobody even cared. They got louder. Nobody cared when it was pouring rain. It was, it was an amazing environment. I, I would say, best environment I've seen a stadium probably since Miami, which was a was a wow. crazy amazing electric night. It felt that way on Saturday night, which is really really cool. 1.5 million viewers, by the way, just on linear television. That's that's remarkable. Yeah, for a late game. It don't, and, yeah. and you cannot tell me Big 12 didn't take notice of that, too, yeah. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> hey, when, when BYU, all of the press conferences that we were all involved in last week, it became very apparent that the Big 12 just said, yeah, this was a no-brainer. BYU was a no-brainer for all of yeah. for all of those reasons. That environment and ratings and national, yeah, and and it all showed up on Saturday sure. night. All right, let's go to the on the field. What were your takeaways from that game? A game in which BYU controlled from the start. Yeah, it it kind of verified a lot of the things that we've been talking about, and that I thought, and then it and it eliminated the one question mark I still had even though Kalani's been telling me all along it shouldn't be a question mark. And I knew BYU was going to be really physical up front on, on offense, and they showed that. And they've showed that two weeks in a row. This is an extension of last year. Diff- different guys, but guys that played, they were physically dominating this game. I had felt like over the last five years, Kalani and his staff have, have built the talent to be able to match up with Utah's physicalness, um, to be able to go just out-physical people week after week, because that's what BYU – historically can do, right? Great tight ends, big physical linemen, dominating front seven on defense. And now they've added really skilled players at corner and in the secondary that can play man defense, and they've got depth there. A crazy cast of wide receivers and depth at running back to go along with what they're traditionally good at. The one question mark I had coming into fall was, are they deep enough and physical enough on the D-line? You know, how, how are they there? And Kalani kept telling me, dude, we're really good there. Like, we're really physical. Nice as a beast. Um, we can hang with anybody up front. That's not a concern for me. Like, he's told me this over and over, right? And we saw him against Arizona, and I thought, man, D-line was really good. That front seven, we knew the backers were elite, and we don't use that word unless they really are. But you got two, maybe three NFL guys in that linebacking core. And we, we, you know, we see Peyton Willigar, who's one of those he guys. He was a beast. Big-time NFL player, Peyton or, or, uh uh, Peely is going to be a big-time NFL guy. These are legit big-time backers, but the question for me has always been, are they deep enough up front 
to hold their own. Utah is a big physical team, and BYU's front literally physically beat them in that game. And so I went, okay, I'm going to quit question. Kalani's not just, he's not doing this to us, right? He's not blue goggling us. They really are good up front. And that was the only question I had on this football team. And so now I'm going, wow, if they're that good up front to hold up against that football team, th- this, this team has a chance to do something special. Okay. How have your expectations shifted in terms of a win-loss record since BYU started the season 2-0 with wins over two Power 5 teams? Yeah, I, You know, early on I said, to me, the over-under should be eight. Like, I think they should get to eight when I go through that schedule before the season even started. Sure, you're talking regular season only. Yeah. Throwing a bowl game, nine right, wins. Right, and then and, and so, and then I said, but, you know, they have a chance to win nine. Um, now I'm going, now I think the over-under might shift to nine, and I think they have a chance to win ten. And, and the only reason I say that, because there's nobody on that schedule that I look at right now, especially the, what, what's just happened with USC. And right. Basic implosion, and two weeks into the season, they just imploded? Are you kidding me with that? And I would actually rather have that happen now than late in the season because the, the worst thing for BYU, and when we, we look at that schedule at the end of the year, is for USC to make a coaching change the week before, you know, at the end of the year, and then have the players play out of their minds and inspired for the new coach and have energy and all that. I'd rather have it happen now so BYU can scout them by the end of the year and, and understand what they're doing. But when I look at that schedule – there's, there's nobody on there where I just go, hey, BYU can't match up with that team. I just know how hard it is to win football games, right? And so there's a number of teams on that schedule, as we know, that are really, really good. And so I would say my expectation has been now my over-under is nine, and I'm, I'm not going to be surprised by ten. And, and if they win this weekend against Arizona State, ranked opponent coming into Cougar Stadium, which, which I like the matchup, then I'm going, okay, now let's really start thinking about special seasons, right? Because that, that would be a, a 3-0 start I don't think anybody expected. Listen, and we pointed it out earlier, BYU has not started back-to-back seasons 3-0 since 1951 and 1952. Yeah. It never happened in the Lavelle era. They're on the verge of that if they beat Arizona State. Right. I mean, I think back to the, – the I think the best back-to-back years – are 83-84, right? So, but remember, they lost. We can I say we? Yeah, you were you're on the team. On the team. team. If I'm on you team, I can say we. Right? On the team. So, so we lost. We lost in our opener to Baylor, um, and and we were ahead at the end of that game, and they threw a fifty-something yard bomb on the last play of the game, and we lost. And then we had a little bit of resolve after that, and we went on. We didn't lose again that year, mm-hmm. or the next year, uh-huh. or the beginning of the next year, uh-huh. right? And so it. We got to the point where we never thought we were going to lose again. Like, we just walked onto the field expecting to win. And that's a very special feeling um, when you kind of get on a roll and you have confidence. You get a little bit of swagger to you. You start to make plays. You play faster. And, and I feel like last season, even though BYU wasn't playing a slew of P5s, that they made a fundamental change in the way they think. They, made, they go out and they expect to, to stand toe-to-toe with anybody, and they expect to win. And so even when it started pouring rain and Utah made a little run, BYU mentally and the way you saw them carry themselves on the field, it was just like, no, we win these games. We don't lose. We're going to win. They expected to win. I could see that manifest itself out on the field. That's that's, to be a special team. You've got to have that mentality. That, and even when you do lose, when you lose to Coastal Carolina, you go, oh, that was an aberration. We did stupid stuff. We should have won that game. We're better than that team. So when you do lose, you have to think that that's a, a fluke. 
I, I feel like they're to that point now. And they're physically good enough to match that mental, you know, uh, that mental positivity. And so, hey, the sky's the limit for this team. Now, this is the kind of schedule that if you go win nine or ten games, that's pretty special with this schedule. So Arizona State's done exactly what you would expect them to do. They beat two teams. They should have beat, put up good numbers. Offensively, predominantly, at least through the first two games, have been a running team. What do you make of the matchup on Saturday? It's, it's an interesting – it's a little different than Utah. They're, they're not quite as physical as Utah. Who is, right? Um, but they've probably got a little more overall team quickness than, than Utah does. Are you worried about that? The, the, I'm not really. The quarterback's style is dramatically different. Right. So, so I think Charlie Brewer's really comfortable standing in the pocket and finding guys. And when Charlie's running around, he's really just buying time. He's not trying to run the ball, even though he can. He's just trying to buy some time and find somebody to get the ball to downfield. Uh, Jaden Daniels is – he's more comfortable outside the pocket in my More mind. like Jaron Hall. When, when you keep him in there and he's got to throw over the – defensive and offensive lines, and you don't leave him a bunch of throwing lanes, and you keep it congested, he, he's more average. He's, he's a very skilled guy. When I say average, it brings him more down to the level of other guys when you keep him doing that. When you let him break containment and he gets outside, he becomes really special. Um, and he's got a lot of quickness out there, so he can hurt you running the ball, which we've seen him do in the first couple. And he's got a mindset that he wants to run the ball, right? He wants to contribute. They, they have play you know, calls that – Involve him in the run game as a quarterback, so run run calls. And so it's a very different challenge for BYU. Um, they're good. They can play a lot of man. You'll see him play some man. Um, Arizona State's not like they were a few years ago. It's, it's Boise State's offensive coordinator from right. just a couple years ago. So they run a lot more 11, 12 personnel. When we say that, for those that – that's one back and one tight end, one back, two tight ends. They don't run a bunch of 10 – which is a single back and four wide receivers like they used to run, where they're kind of throwing that air raid. They're a very balanced football team that really wants to run the ball first, which doesn't surprise me. Herm Edwards is an NFL guy, right? So for BYU, they have to stop the run, keep White, Rashad White contained, which I think they're very capable of. That front seven is very physical. And then they need to keep keep Daniels – in the pocket. Okay. Make him throw from in the pocket. Make him dump off, rally to the football, and, and that's the game plan. And if they can do that, I believe BYU's offense can run the football and do what they want to offensively. It's, it's defensively can they contain the big playability of Daniels. And to do that, you keep them right in there. Baron, I love the game breakdown. You can see more of Blaine on after further review tonight. Always elite, my friend. Thanks so much. Thank you. Coming up, a rise and shout out to a Williams getting it done. And it's Top 5 Tuesday. Did Kalani Satake's sideline grab make the cut for her Top 5 Tuesday? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Station, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. Or download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation Podcast. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review. Time for Top 5 Tuesday, presented by Delta Airlines. And we obviously are looking back at the top five plays from Saturday's rivalry streak-busting win over the Utes. At number five on third and goal, Neil Pau gets the pass just short of the goal line, stretching his way in. Look at that. Little oh boy, extra Neil. effort. Very nice. The play would go to review, but it's, uh, it's hard to keep Pau out of the end zone. His third touchdown of the year. This gave the Cougars a 10-0 lead at the time.
Okay. So BYU at number four, leading 10-7 with four minutes left in the first half. Utah rolls the dice on fourth and two, and the Cougars stuff it. Peyton Wilgar, Ben Bywater, Uriah Leatawa. This sparked a 93-yard drive to give BYU a 16-7 lead before the half. Number three, Jaron Hall's playmaking ability, and man, it was on display, allows him to find Keanu Hill. Whoa. Behind the defense for 33 yards, putting the Cougars at the two-yard line. too far. This play proved to be massive, helping set up the Cougars with a two-score lead before the half. We know too much. Number two, very next play after that Keanu Hill connection. Final chance at a touchdown before the half. Hall, Samson Nakua, the former Ute, right before the half, took off his helmet, got a penalty, didn't matter in the end. The brothers Nakua celebrate. Outstanding drive to close the half. And at number one to cap off a 10-play drive, Jaron Hall finding Gunnar Romney alone in the back of the end zone for the touchdown to put the Cougars up at the time 23-7. And it did not look good for Gunnar Romney playing. Not only did he play, getting a touchdown and helping BYU beat the Utes. That's the game-winning score right there. Top 5 Tuesday bringing it. Now for our question of the day. Following that Utah victory and a 2-0 start to the season, how have your expectations shifted for BYU football this season? Our Elite Voice of the Day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, from at BYU Arnold's on Twitter, still too early, and we're still learning about BYU as the team and the opponents. Some may not be as good as expected. Others may be better. Expectations still around 8-9 to nine regular season wins, but I like what I'm seeing. That's a very conservative approach. It's a, it's a little wait and see. Uh-huh. I, I can understand it. Okay. I think a I can conservative understand. elite voice of the day. Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Who should we give it to, Jason? How about Tyson Williams? First NFL start, first NFL touchdown. His team unfortunately lost, but congratulations to Tyson Williams. He nice looked really good last Juice night. Juice Williams running well. Our thanks to today's guests, Nick Robinson and Blaine Fowler. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. For Jason, I am Spencer. Shout out to Jason Sukanik. After further review tonight, 7 Eastern. Go Cougs!